Welcome to Freedom Matters Today. I'm Michael J. Sutton. This is May the 19th, 2022, and episode 11 of Freedom from Fear. Today's episode is titled, What Does Freedom of Speech Mean to God? For God, it is everything. God expects people to speak to him, and he expects his children to speak to him boldly and confidently. The problem today is not simply that people do not pray or speak to God, but that their prayers are presented to a God they neither know nor understand. This is a problem because we whisper when we should shout. We cower when we should assert. And we qualify when we should expect. For some reason we think that we should be very careful in how we speak to God and what words we use. In the past, the author of the Hebrews puts it, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 While the way God speaks to us has changed, the way we are to speak to God has not. The examples throughout the Bible from Abraham in bargaining with God over the fate of Sodom, to Israel wrestling with God until daybreak, to Moses complaining about his speech impediment, to Paul's prayers of joy whilst in prison, are all reminders that those who know God can talk to him and hold nothing back. God says to us, What do you want to say? And we never say it. He says, Okay, let's hear it. And we don't tell him anything. God says, tell me, what's on your mind? And we give him dead liturgy, wrote prayers and babble. What does freedom of speech mean to God? Simply being honest with him. Our prayers are a product of our position. And it is not our position in society, it is not up or down or left or right, or rich or poor. Our position is our position in relation to God, the only position that matters. This position is one of grace and mercy. This position is one of security and assurance. And this position is one we did not carve out for ourselves. It was God who enabled us to be in this position. It was God who provided the place and the possibility for us to stand before him, and it was God who is the position. We do not enter into the presence of God through the church, or through the priest, or through the mass, or through baptism, or through penance, or through confession, but simply because of him, that is Christ. Throughout Paul's letter to the Ephesians, there is the recurring phrase, in him, which means in Christ. There are over ten times where the phrase, in him, is mentioned in the first part of chapter 1 of Ephesians. It is our personal relationship with the risen Saviour Jesus, the Messiah, that we are restored to fellowship with God. This means it is not our relationship with the church, or our church membership, or attendance, it is our relationship with Christ. This is the heart of it. This is the essence of it. Take the first few verses of chapter 1 of Ephesians. 
I will emphasize the in him parts at the end of each section. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfilment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we will also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Our position in relationship to God only exists because of Christ. It is only possible because of Christ. Indeed, it is not about baptism or church or family or creed. Our faith is about our position before God and indeed our position within God. For Christ is God and the Father is God and the Holy Spirit is God. We are not excluded from God and we are not outside of God and we do not need to wait until Sunday until we meet God, for we are in him and in Christ, and we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit, who is our deposit, guaranteeing our inheritance. If you are in Christ, then it assumes there was a time when we were not in Christ. Paul wrote that, And you were also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel, of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. This is exactly what John says in his Gospel. All you need to do is believe in the Son and you shall have eternal life. Now many Christian people labour the idea of repentance, the idea that before you come to God, before you can have faith, you need to repent and give up your sins turn from your wicked ways before you are qualified to have faith. Don't get hung up on your sin. Only Christ can help you with that. The Bible, in fact, clearly teaches the opposite here, as I've said, and you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed. Now included in this hearing and believing is a turning to God because you need to turn to God to have faith in him. But there is no need to provide proof of faith for faith. Faith is simply faith. It is trust in God 
and his promises. The Christian people always telling you to repent are those people who do not understand faith. Maybe they don't have any and they will be the kind of people who have a moral righteousness that depends on them and not on Christ. Paul goes further and says that through faith in him we may enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. This faith is critical. In Greek it means faith or belief or trust. John uses the term believe while Paul uses the term faith but they are both essentially the same. They refer to a sense of trust. But trust in what? Or rather whom? A simple trust in who Jesus is who sent him, and what he did for us. It is this simple understanding that goes beyond a mere ascent of intellectual acceptance of the morality of God and the necessity of grace, but an actual submission to the truth of this for you and for me, a genuine internalization of this reality. Through faith in him, we have our lives transformed. Simply believing facts about him changes nothing. Paul is not talking about intellectual mind games, but a changed heart, a new beginning, and a new relationship with God. This is where it gets interesting. Paul made the statement that in him and through faith in him, we understand that. We reach this place together. Many Christians would go this far, yes, They would say, I agree, in him and through faith in him. But they would stop here. The next few words are not for them, because they're not priests or ministers. They do not have a seminary degree, nor are they white or European. These are just some of the excuses people have made over the years. Many Christians do not believe the next phrase belongs to them. They would say, they can. Not, we can. This is, of course, the evil of clericalism and the evil of Christian fascism. The controversial phrase is the following. We may enter God's presence. We may. It is the first person plural. It is the plural, there's no mistaking it. And who are the we? Well, all people included in the previous clause those who are in Christ and have faith in him. It is a verb, a word of action. We may. It is all-inclusive. This includes you. This includes all who come to faith with no exceptions. The priest has no hotline to God. I'm sorry, he doesn't. You do not need to confess to him. He is no better than you. Never was, never will be. What does freedom of speech mean to God? It means we all may enter his presence. God has no favourites. We may is for all. There is no hierarchy in the assembly of God. All are followers of Christ. What Paul is saying is that we may all enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. This entering of God's presence could also be seen as an admission or access or approach. The words all convey the same thing. There is no obstacle. There is nothing stopping you from entering God's presence. Indeed, you have, by virtue of your position in Christ, access 
into the presence of God. Indeed, you are continually in the presence of God. Paul doesn't just talk about access. He is speaking of two words to qualify how we might enter the presence of God. And these words are boldness and confidence. The Greek word for boldness is fascinating. It has an interesting meaning, and I don't know why this is clouded in many of the translations. It speaks to the idea of outspokenness, being blunt and frank. And this is the idea of speaking freely to God without needing to be polite. This is what speaking boldly means. If you have a problem with this and you cannot speak to God unless you couch your prayers in long, respectful language, then you have a problem with God and a problem with God's word. Out with it, says God. Tell me what's on your mind. Be honest. We can be frank with God, honest, upfront, no holds barred. He is God. He can handle it. We also have confidence, which means trust. We can trust that what we say to God, he hears, because we are in his presence and we are in Christ. What is free speech before God? It is actually free, unrestrained, emotive, genuine and honest communication. The rest is fake. I'm sorry. Save your polite platitudes and beautiful poetry for church. In your prayers, open your heart to God. Some Christians get hung up on whether we should call God Daddy or Father in the Lord's Prayer, but that's not the point. That is semantic. The way we talk to God is free. The entire way of communicating with God is free. What does freedom of speech mean to God? It means we can speak freely to the one in whose presence we can enter because of the faith we have in his Son. That is free speech. Remember, freedom matters today because you matter to God. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We have a new podcast every day. Freedom Matters Today explores freedom from a Christian perspective. Be sure to check out our daily blog at freedommatterstoday.com and subscribe. Join me tomorrow for another episode of Freedom from Fear.